0: Hey, Adam, I just listened to your episode, How to Practice, from your hammock. Let's just say I'm underwhelmed. What's up, everybody? Peter Martin here. Welcome to the You'll Hear It podcast, another solo Version coming at you. Uh, I was challenged from my boy Adam Maness, uh yesterday or a couple days ago now, I guess, to do my own how to practice episode. Uh, he did the how to practice AM solo edition. So we're doing the PM. Now, we all know once you get in the PM, that's when it starts to jump off. So just putting that out there. Um, But no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Got a lot of love for Adam, and that was a great episode. I just listened to it, uh, even with his challenges. We're getting a little back and forth going. You know, Adam's feeling confident because he's across town. And because of social social distancing, he knows that he's in no danger of me beating him up like usual, you know. So, but that's going to end. As the restrictions are pulled, you better watch yourself. Watch your back, manus. Um, but we are brought to you today. We're not a violent podcast by the way. In case this is the first time you're listening, that's the that's the most violent thing I've ever threatened and it's uh and it's all in love, all in jest. Uh, but we are brought to you by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com. Check out all of our Many offerings consider becoming a member we still have uh choose what you pay because people are still in need of choose what you pay we hear so that is an option for you you can see it right there at openstudiojazz.com but we have a lot of uh great new courses uh, one i would just highlight is brazilian jazz piano i actually took um i studied it last week uh and it was helping me prepare for my little gig that i have on friday night so that was exciting that i had that resource and it was a lot of fun to go through and learn a song from a modern brazilian jazz piano master uh, by the name of Elio Alves so I was so so glad to have that resource and and so fun to go through with the living notation and learn the tune and get his great advice on that it was like he was right there with me so that was cool so today we're talking about how to practice and I listened to Adam's edition uh you can see a link below to it from a couple of days ago in case you didn't get a ch- chance to check it out although after you hear what I do today you're not going to need that because I'm giving you everything that you need, okay? But if you want to just listen to a contrasting AM version versus the PM version, you're welcome to go back. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Adam did bring up some some very good points. Of course, most of them were stolen from Kenny Werner's uh, effortless mastery, but that's okay. He acknowledged it after he spoke for about four and a half minutes, like it was his own concept. But then he did give it up. I think he was afraid of the lawsuit coming from Kenny. Um, but uh, no, Adam, I'm, in all seriousness... Uh, got hit some great points uh, about mindset and and uh, attitude about practice and stuff. So I thought, you know, uh, for for my edition of this how to practice, I would get a little bit more uh, tactical, maybe a little bit more dogmatic in some ways. But hopefully, these two different approaches can help you you know one thing I've found and this is from practicing for let's see how, how many years have I been practicing maybe 46 47 years is that possible because I started playing when, when I was two years old um, the early years might not have been my most pr- productive practice I'm not gonna lie but I was doing something apparently um, but you know the idea of a perfect practice session I think is something that we want to get over because if we think more about a productive, practice session as opposed to a perfect practice session or following a certain script. I think it can be a lot more useful because different days, we we have the ability to achieve different things. We have, we're have we in a different mood. It's kind of like what the weather is. And if you're working out outside, you have to adjust to what the weather is. And so uh, I think Adam's advice and his flow on those practice on what he talked about are, are really good. But I'm going to come at it from a little different approach. And I want you to think about how do you take different ideas from us and, and then from others as well. There's so many different great ideas and then apply them to your routine. Not every different idea every day, because that's just overwhelming and confusing and will not lead to progress. But how do you take these ideas and use them on different days based upon what you want to get accomplished, what you practice the day before, what you need to prepare for a gig? Um, because it's like, you know, if you have a gig that evening, And look, most of us, if not all of us, are still in a position of no gigs. So we're looking into the future and the past with this pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. But um, on a day that you have a gig, it's a very different um, or can be quite a different mindset to what, how, and when you're practicing as opposed to a day that you don't have a gig. And typically your gigs, if you're thinking about them being in the evening or at night, uh, if you have an early gig and then you practice later that's a whole nother thing so that's one of the simplest ways to think about like just a different way you'd have to approach practice you know just like uh, you know an athlete that's playing a basketball game if they're practicing on the day of a game they're not going at the same intensity and speed and they're already getting their mind right for the game so we want to really do I, I find it successful to do the same thing when you're practicing on the day of a gig even if it's early in the morning and your gig is in the evening you're already starting to get in that performance mindset and that requires you know some different kinds of things than on a day that you know is going to be just practicing no performance now we're always ready to perform of course things come up at the last minute and we want to be flexible and stuff but i just wanted to throw that that out there and then what that can do is hopefully it can help you to absorb different ideas for uh, incorporating into your practice routine uh, from different people, and they can be valid even if they seem like they're going to conflict. So you might, you know, take this idea and say, okay, on this particular day it works for me, but on another day it doesn't. It's almost like developing a vocabulary and a repertoire of uh, practice routines. You know, then what it, what you have to do is is sort of start to get to know yourself and track. And I think Adam did talk about this. You know, kind of tracking what your progress is four different types of practice, because then you'll, you'll have a better idea and, and start to be able to predict better what that type of practice, how that affects your playing and your progress, you know, but I really like to sort of have the highest level uh, gauge or barometer being, you know, productivity. I love to challenge myself and happy to challenge you guys to think about a successful practice session, a a successful, that's hard to say, successful practice week, a successful practice month even as a productive one. And uh, so when we start thinking about it like that, we can say, okay, well, what does productive mean? How do we measure that? Well, there's things like how many tunes have you learned? Or if it's in a day, you know, how many measures of a song that you're working on did you learn? Let's say that you're learning, you know, a complex tune, an in-depth tune like Lush Life, Billy Strayhorn's beautiful composition. Say you don't really know it, but um, you've always wanted to know, so like, I'm going to learn it. Okay, you're probably not going to learn it in one day, even if you practice all day. That wouldn't be advisable because that's not the way you want to absorb it. You want to take your time with it, learn it deeply. Um, So, you know, but in terms of productivity and seeing what you're getting out of your practice session, you want to see actually how many measures did you learn how many phrases however you break it up and you want to try to break it up musically as much as possible but i think that that's very important it's very um you know nuts and bolts and very wham bam thank you ma'am but like that's what productivity is that the other side and, and adam got into this some about you know the more esoteric stuff is important too but i think you know knowing it can be a great thing for your motivation to really knowing what you got accomplished. Now the quality, you know, you've got quantity, and quality, qualitative and quantitative. There's always a push and pull with those in practice because it cannot just be about the number of mar- measures that you learned of a tune. If, if you're learning it in a, in an inaccurate way or in a non-sincere way, or if you're just kind of flying through it. So you want to learn stuff deeply, but you do want to be making progress. That way, when you go back and look at, okay, like, Maybe you try two or three approaches to practicing learning a new tune and you can look at what was your progress like? Let's assume that you're learning, you know, a phrase each way at the same high quality level. But you can start to look at, look, I practiced for an hour with these methods. How much did I actually, like how quickly did I learn that at that high quality level? Then you can start to compare and see which way works for you because there's never any one way that works for everybody. Um, there are ways that work for us at different times too. So even if we think we know the way that works best for us, we still need to be open to trying other ways to do it. And you see this over and over again in a lot of the nuts and bolts things about playing music, be it fingerings, approaches to harmony, learning tunes and all this. So we have to be flexible. We have to be open-minded in terms of how we do things. Um, And then we can start to work those things into a framework and a routine that works for us. Um, So we we don't want it to be so random that we're just trying stuff out every day and jumping from this to that. So that's where the routine comes in. But we do want to be flexible enough to know and to be able to pull out of our bag of tricks for practice different things that work, okay? So when we look at productivity, let's just sort of take that through because I'm going to really make that, that's really my theme about how to practice. Um, And it's not the only thing I care about and it's not the only way to practice, but I want that to be kind of, the thing that you guys can take take away from this. And some of you are like practicing very productively and that's great and you have your routine and then this is more of a confirmation. And I think a lot of people feel like I want to be more productive in my practice. So what I want to do is just first, just give you that framework, give you that mindset of, because a lot of times that's what it's about. People are like, well, what's the secret to productive practice? Well, I mean, if there is, there is no secret. It's just hard work. But if there is a little bit of a secret or at least an entry point to it, It's that you're going to consider a successful practice session a productive one. You know, sometimes you just have to sort of put it out there and say, like, you know, I am going to be productive, and this is the way that I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to hold myself accountable, and this is how I'm going to measure the productivity, right? A lot of times we think, oh, this is music and it's art and it's so esoteric. We just have to feel the vibe and we're going to play some and then we're going to smoke a joint and then we're going to come back and if we're feeling it, then hopefully the magic will happen. Nah, that's really not the way in my experience, you know, that I've been able to develop to be productive, to go from point A to point B to point C to point D and to progress as a musician. Now, are there times when we need to be very open and creative and go with the flow and try to create something and get into a kind of space and mindset that creativity can be fostered and 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 happen. Yes, of course. And a lot of times we're talking about composing and working on advanced improvisation and stuff. But what we're talking about here is like the actual progress that you make when you practice and and how productive you can be. So. Um, yeah, so with uh, repertoire, it's very easy to measure. It's just in terms of like how many measures, how many phrases that you're learning, uh, and and it's very easy to be goal oriented with that. Once you get a flow, too, you say, okay, I'm going to learn the second and third phrase of Lush Life today, and it, even as opposed to saying I'm going to do it, I'm going to practice it for thirty minutes and see how far I get. You can do that, but I think it's better to actually take pieces of music because then you can prepare. You can be listening to it. You can be focusing on that that part that you know you're going to learn. Um, and then one little tip with that, and this can apply to a lot of different parts of practice, so definitely under the how-to practice umbrella, is stop, stop spending time practicing stuff that you already know how to do. And this is so clear to see when you're learning repertoire. Okay, if you know the first half of Lush Life, but you don't know the second half, and you've got 30 minutes to practice Lush Life, what do most people do? Well, Yeah, you're saying, oh, I go right to the second half. No, you don't. Stop lying. I'm lying, too, if I say that all the time. I try not to, but it's such a great tune, and now that you've learned that first part, you just want to go play it, right? Don't do that. That's not going to lead to productivity. Um, Yes, you need to review it, but do that after. Like, get some productivity. Feel good, like, okay, I'm I'm forging ahead. I've got 30 minutes. I want to spend this learning the part I don't know. And, you know, a lot of times you'll hear, especially in classical music and more complicated or not more complicated, but longer jazz compositions like A Lush Life, you'll hear players that know the first part of the song the best. That's very simple. They've played it more. It's as simple as that. It's the whole 10,000 hours or whatever, because they always start at the beginning. I remember learning classical music. I had a great teacher who had me start, when I'd learn a new piece, she said, jane allen wonderful teacher rip um she would she would clue me into the most difficult passages and said you you have to learn this section for next week i was like what about the beginning now you learn that later that that part's easier so it stands to reason you need to spend more time practicing the harder parts so if you're going to be spending a month learning this piece um you're, you're generally going to play, especially if you learn the hard part first, you're still going to play it and review it and you need more time on it and it takes you longer to, to absorb it. So just that little thing helped me so much. It's a little different applying it in jazz because you usually don't have that much of a variation in the level of difficulty within the tune. But with learning solos, you definitely can. And I've carried that to much success in learning solos by jumping right to some of the more difficult, especially if it's technically difficult or very difficult to hear. So that's just really an efficiency thing that leads to more productivity, learning the song a little bit quicker, learning more phrases, that kind of a thing. But really, the more you can kind of cut out that practicing stuff that you already know, the better you're going to be. So. That's kind of my thing on how to practice. I could go on and on and on like Adam did, but I'm a little tighter with my thing. And I know he, uh, what else was he saying? I don't even, I don't even remember now. Oh, he was like saying, hit us up. Yeah, definitely hit us up. He, I know he said you could email him. Hit me up on Twitter. I've been trying to get a little more active there. So I'd love to have a dialogue about this, how to practice. Let me know how you practice. Let me know if you agree with what I'm saying or if you agree with Adam, if you agree with both of us. Maybe you're just agreeable. That's all good. But I'm uh, at, I'm I am Peter Martin. On Twitter. That's I A M Peter Martin. You can find me there. Um and uh yeah, so we um are looking for ratings and reviews. Adam was correct about that. We're back looking for that. And the reason is, is because we love ourselves. No, it's not just because we love ourselves. It's because we love this podcast community. And the way that it spreads is from you guys giving ratings, reviews, sharing with your friends, and the algorithms take over if you give us a good rating and review. So we're 5.0 right now. We asked for seven stars. We haven't done that in a while. You may have a problem on Google Play or, or Apple Podcasts or Spotify where it only allows you five. So go ahead and put the five and then just write in the, in the review that you want to do seven if you want. You know, it's all good. But I wanted to read a couple because we've forgotten to read them for a while because Adam gets me sidetracked. But when I'm solo, I'm on, on my game. I'm focused. So this is from uh, Eric says, uh, thanks, Peter and Adam. I'm a huge fan and never miss an episode. I've learned so much. Thank you for your willingness and commitment to sharing your knowledge and wisdom wisdom in order to help others. Thank you, Eric, for listening and glad that uh, some of the stuff I've said and possibly, Adam, uh, has been helpful. Uh, Always good to hear. Um, And that was from just actually a few days ago. Uh, This was a great short five-star review from South Korea. Love it. From South Korea. Great show, guys. See? You don't have to be a... A verbose writer to leave us a rating or review. You can just keep it keep it short and shorten and to the point. Uh then I'll read one more. This is from Kazna. Way over my head, but I like it anyway. These guys have a natural rapport. Not today, no rapport. And love what they do and it shows. The technical advice is often way beyond me and moves far too quickly for me to keep up with. But even then it's still fun to listen to. One tiny uh oh. Uh oh. One tidy criticism. Maybe it's time to drop the drop down and give you twenty things. Okay, I dropped it. That's right. I've read this before. I did drop that. i so heard list yeah, I heard you and uh, I dropped it. So what can I say? Um thank you guys for listening. Till tomorrow, you'll hear. It.